morning and welcome to Back Chat with me, Andrew Work. Today is Friday, the 6th of May. Today we are talking about abortion rights in the United States of America. A leaked document published by Politico on Monday suggests that the U.S. Supreme Court is poised to overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade case, which has guaranteed the right to abortion in the whole nation, in theory anyways. If the court strikes down the 1973 ruling, individual states would be allowed to ban abortion if they wish. It is expected that abortion could then be banned in almost half of U.S. states. The Supreme Court's justices are expected to issue a final ruling in late June or early July. U.S. President Joe Biden said his administration was ready to protect abortion rights if needed when a ruling is issued. We want your opinions and questions, in particular, if you are women. Today, you can leave us a message on our Facebook page, uh, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 2338-8266. And I'd like to introduce our guests and, and why I say in particular we would like to hear from some, some women on the, uh, the Facebook and the chat today is because it's going to be a little bit of a uh, mansplaining extravaganza. Our, our producer, Yuki Tsong, Ms. Yuki Tsong, worked hard to get guests today. Um, and we did ask a number of women to come on the show, but for various reasons, they either could not or would not come on the show today. Um, but we do have great people here for political analysis. Uh, starting, I'd like to start off with Chris Exline, who's a former chair of Republicans Abroad. Chris, good morning. Technology. Okay. Uh, he's in the studio in Admiralty with Kendall Johnson, who's a professor of American literature uh, at the School of English at the University of Hong Kong. Good morning, Professor Johnson. Good morning, Good morning, Andrew. Hey, and we've got Steve Oaken, who is the founder and CEO of APAC Advisors, uh, based in Singapore, and he previously served in the administration of uh, President Bill Clinton as the Deputy General Counsel at the U.S. Department of Transportation, so a lawyer. Uh, good morning and welcome, uh, Steve Oaken. Thank you, Andrew. Good to be with you. All right. So, um, gentlemen, I, I had somebody ask me last night when they said, you know, Andrew, I'm dying to know, what are you going to talk about on Backchat tomorrow? I said, we're talking about abortion in the USA. And they said, what are the implications for Hong Kong? And I said, well, you know, this is really uh, goes to American policy in general, because so many voters in the United States are single issue voters on this topic. Uh, and they may determine who gets into office, which then determines everything from foreign policy, taxation, jobs, education in the United States, and, and as America projects power around the world. Can, you know, we've got, I think, three Americans on here. Uh, I don't want a Canadian explain about America <laughs> as the only non-American. So I'm going to get real Americans to explain why is this such an important issue for Americans, when the rest of the world seems to have debates, but it's certainly not, you know, the, such a huge issue for, for, I think, almost any other country in the world. When do you want to take a crack at why this? Sure. <clears throat> why not? I, I think if you look at American politics and when the rest of the world looks at the USA, the only thing that Americans can say that truly unites us is that the issue of abortion is universally <laughs> divisive and uh, expletive. Okay, and why, but why? Why is that? Why, why are Americans in particular on this topic? One, if you look at our Constitution and what it means to be American and the, the, how we perceive rights, the right of self, the right of determination, right of assembly, um, it gets really down to the most fundamental right, which is the right of life. Mm -hmm. And who determines, who has the authority to determine if someone should live or die? Okay. That's it. And, and uh, uh, yeah, Steve. Let me. Yeah, yeah. I want to do this slightly differently. Like the rights in the Constitution, when it comes to individuals, are about liberty. 
It is the right about individual liberty. It is the right for a person to have the right to choose what they should do. And it's about the government not being able to invade their privacy. That mm -hmm. Americans have a right to privacy. So you combine liberty and privacy. And that's what this decision undermines, right? For the past 50 years, the Supreme Court found that women had a constitutional right, no matter what state they lived in, to choose their, their, the, how, how they would treat their own body for a certain period of time during pregnancy. This right of liberty and privacy expands beyond right the right to, to, to dictate what you will do with your own body. It goes to who you will marry. It goes to your reproductive rights as to whether or not you are going to use contraception or not. There are a lot of rights that combine liberty and privacy. And for the first time, literally ever in the history of the country, the Supreme Court is going to take away the constitutional right of citizens to control their private actions. And that's what this case is about. And that is why you see such an uproar in the United States when you have liberty being taken away from literally half of the population. I, I slightly disagree. I mean, I would think that our founding fathers, James Madison in particular, would join with the unborn dead from their graves at the moral outrage of twisting the 10th Amendment and the 14th, which is in 1868, into some type of thing about the ability to uh, terminate a life. Uh, it's not taking away liberty. It's about subjecting people to other people's definition of a moral choice. If I, For, if I can just cut in. Yeah, Kendall, here. please. Uh, um, I think um, I'm echoing, so it's a little bit <clears throat> a little disorienting. But the notion of right and personhood is something that's changed from the time and founding of the United States through the 19th century to this point. And it's very f important to see the 14th Amendment in the context of ending slavery. And what it did is said the, no person should be deprived of due process, right? Mm -hmm. And you could then question, well, what is a person? And the way in which the enslaved and particularly women are enfranchised by the 14th Amendment is the underlying logic of privacy that Roe v. Wade tried to assert. And then when you get to the question of viability around a fetus, when does human life begin? Well, that through Roe v. Wade is something that comes back to the woman's body and to her access to medical care. So that's the logic. Privacy secured through due process through the 14th Amendment, back into the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Right. And, and I mean, I think, you know, this, this point, uh, Chris, you led with life and uh, Steve Hawken went to liberty. But I mean, it, it's, it is life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And then in the 14th Amendment, it's life, liberty or property. So, I mean, it, it, those two things are 
in, they're, they're intertwined, aren't they? And I mean, this of, of course they are. And yeah. now what you see with Section Five of the Fourteenth Amendment is that it uh, that now can be legislated. It can go to Congress to be passed. And unfortunately, the unborn babies can't vote. But if they could vote, I think they would vote to uh, make sure that abortion was 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 not illegal. But this will go to the states, and the states and the people and the voters in those states will have the opportunity to voice their opinion in the ballot box. And, and that is the issue. The issue is what rights are granted to women under the Constitution. And rights that are granted to women under the Constitution are not to be voted upon by, by state legislatures. It's not up to a, a state legislature to say that a woman who has been raped must take that baby to term. That is not something that is that is, that under Roe v. Wade says. Well, states can decide that. How, and how they can take that right away from a woman. That's up, and there are constitutional protections, and that's what the issue is. And the issue is about the Constitution and what liberty and privacy mean within the Constitution. When when we talk about, you know, I mean, this this the, kind of the example of rape. Um, how many states? Apparently, states are lining up laws to. Uh, enact stricter regulations, but how many would ban abortion in the instance of rape or incest or threat to mother's life? I mean, these are different things. Maybe there's different answers to that, depending which state you're talking about. But I mean, how many are, are ready to go to these most extreme positions where there's like no abortion? Well, there, there's it a, would seem tw- I, I read twelve 26. would would immediately line up to ban abortion under any circumstance whatsoever, including. Wow. If the woman had been raped, if the woman uh, had a pregnancy as a result of incest, that they must carry that baby to term under state law or they would be violating state law if they were to have an abortion. It'd be about 12 of those states at least. Mm. And I understand some of them are even going to the point of saying that if, if you travel out of the state to get an abortion, they would also make that illegal. Well, that becomes impossible to prosecute. I but, would think. Yeah. 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 And I mean, but, it's, it's but some, what doesn't mm. become impossible is prosecuting. Um, male service of birth control or, you know, contraception of, the, of, of any any sort potentially. So you can devolve this to state rights, but then once you get to state rights, the question is, what is a foundational right mm-hmm. um, to birth control, to other issues that Alito's strange opinion references and reassures the reader that, well, we're not going to talk about gay rights. We're not going to overturn Brown v. Board of Education regarding segregation. But the logic here can easily spread once you go after privacy in the way that his ruling presents. Well, and as a, a gay man, I can tell you that at least I will have a right and the ability to defend my position. Um, where that is denied the unborn children. Mm. Yeah, but I think the, the question of unborn children in relation to what indeed is viable life and who decides, and the irony, the deep, deep irony that in the 19th century and before all of this precedent that Alito cites, women have no vote, right to vote, <laughs> or at least... The point being, enslaved women don't, and many other women don't. There is no right until the 19th Amendment at a federal level guaranteeing the right to vote. Um, So 
Alito's opinion is very strange the way women don't figure into this question of enfranchisement and rights, even when we're talking about motherhood. And you're getting to a, a stage of compulsory motherhood, potentially, um, to protect what, Chris, you're calling the life of the unborn. But that question of when life begins and how it relates to individual autonomous rights-bearing people, well, that's a debate, that's a question to have. It's, I'm not dismissing it by any means. Having grown up Catholic, I mean, abortion <laughs> was always something that was in the back of our church-going minds. But I, as a post-Catholic, in this, in this issue at least, um, am not comfortable telling a woman that she should not have access to medical care or a choice over whether to, to bring life into this world. Um, yeah, so that, and, and, and I agree. And Andrew, I don't want yeah. to come across as some angry evangelical. I mean, I've had very yeah. close friends that have wrestled with this issue. Mm -hmm. Days and days of tears. And, and the, the pain is real. And while I, I don't respect their ultimate decision, it doesn't make me stop loving them or wanting to be their friend but i just try to be there through that that horrible decision so uh, to your point about you know women listening to this it's it's not just some angry old 60 year old that's 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 here you know condemning all this stuff i don't condemn anyone uh, but i i do feel that not rape and incest but when a couple fails to use protection society has the right or no the obligation to protect those uh, that, that can't protect themselves. Right, right. Okay, we've, we've got a couple of... Uh, but, but, but yeah. your, oh, your sorry, point Steve. there yeah. was, though, it, you know, your point there was, it's the individual's decision. It is the individual's decision up to a certain point, and this is what makes abortion a, a, a more difficult decision, in a way, as to how you craft the law as, as versus same-sex marriage. Right? Same-sex marriage is absolute. It either you do or you don't. And the Supreme Court found that same-sex marriage is a constitutional right. That is not anything that any that, 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 uh, that, that state had to vote on, and many states did not accept same-sex marriage. Some did, like New York and California. Others did not. But that was, the, 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 that, that was an easier one. Right? Abortion is harder in a way, because at some point you do have viability of the fetus, and that is what Roe v. Wade said. Roe v. Wade said up to a point, it is going to be the woman's autonomous decision to make, and she can consult with whoever she would like to consult with. She can consult with her doctor. She can consult with her family. She can consult with her, her spiritual and religious advisors and make her own decision. And what this decision does is take that right away from the woman and says it's an absolute and that, and that we are not going to give you any autonomy the minute you become impregnated. And that is a fundamental change is to what the United States has found for the past 50 years is the woman's right. Actually, it was Casey 92 that brought in fetal viability, but yeah. Mm. Well, Roe kind of did as well with the, the three different trimesters, you know, with the, the stages of the trimesters and then, and then Casey codified Roe in that regard. Um, I want to ask you, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to think of some of the impacts beyond this. Um, uh, you know, I had somebody say, you know, will people start uh, leaving the country if they're living border uh, border states to Canada, for example, would they cross over to Canada? Are they doing that already in places like Texas where they have more restrictive laws? Did they go to Mexico to get Well, abortions? I think that the, the, Texas is like an experiment that's been going on since September. 
Um, you can talk to the health centers in New Mexico and around Texas to see the increased traffic. But the people who can't leave, who don't have the financial means to do so, they're the ones that are impacted disproportionately by, by this law, uh, this legal ruling that, well, it's not finalized, but assuming it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the broader uh, tragedy here is that it just leaves so many impoverished people in the limbo um, before legislation can go through. And the question of, well, can you move from Mississippi or Texas? Well, that would fix it, but you're kind of stuck there potentially if you don't have the economic means to relocate in order to have access to health care. Yeah. Well, Professor, I think Texas has been in experiment since 1846. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, you, what you will see is as a worsening, and this is you know, of, of the United States, of this you know hyper partisanship that we find, and that you have you know red states and blue states, you know very Democratic states, very Republican states, and very few, and it's a it's it's a problem for our country. Very few purple states, right, mm -hmm. where people can 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 you know sometimes you have a Republican, sometimes you have a Democrat. And you often mix your, your your congressional delegations, and that that this is going to exacerbate that serious problem that we have. And you will see people leave red states who believe that women have the this this constitutional right, and then they'll go to blue states, and the blue states will get even bluer, and the red states will get even redder. You're going to see it impact companies because you are going to have companies which are already saying that they will pay for an employee in Texas to go to another state uh -huh. um, to, to if, if, if that woman wants to have uh, an abortion. Um, and that, and so you're going to see more politicization around around companies and business. And this is, so this is going to lead um, to a worsening of, of the political culture that we find if, and we're gonna look, this is all hypothetical because this is a draft opinion um, that was based, that, that came out in February and maybe the decision will change between now and in June or 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 whenever the, the, the ultimate decision does come out. Maybe, maybe it will. I have an email here from Jimmy Harvey. Uh, the Constitution does not discuss medical care. It provides for liberty, reflecting some of the earlier comments. He says, women are at liberty to seek medical care in any of the many states. But I think, as you said, you know, if you're poor, you don't have access, great. Some companies, like Levi Strauss, have said they'll pay for transport. But um, if you don't work for one of those companies and it's eight hours to get to an abortion center, you're, uh, you know, you're really, you're really uh, out of luck there. Um, what role is corporate America going to play like this? We, we saw Disney step up in Florida when they had the Don't Say Gay legislation, and they, they are now being slapped uh, by the legislature, losing their special privileges uh, as, as a corporation. Uh, how is corporate America going to fall, uh, you know, fall out on this? I mean, Levi Strauss has already picked a side. How about the rest of corporate America? Well, you've seen Amazon, Citibank, many others have come in, in support of their employees seeking to have this procedure. But I think the reverse of that, or the converse, is the backlash of the deeply conservative people. And I think that you'll see somebody like Citibank can weather it. Amazon is so big, they can weather it. But if you are a medium or a client-facing business, uh, you're you're going to lose half your customers. I, I think that some people are so wound up and emotive about this that 
I and, and this is just from the political perspective. I think you're going to see this go all the way down to the local level once the opinion is is released, and that becomes the new law of the land, so to speak. It's going to become very local, and people in local constituencies are going to be forced to take sides. Mm. So if you have a, a local drugstore or, or movie theater or shoe store, if they exist anymore. Either you're for this or against this. If you say you're for the employees, then the conservatives won't shop there. If you are t- denying your employees what they perceive as their right, then the liberal side of your customer base will go away. Are, are people going to pay it's not, that it's much not about, It's not about the customers. It's about the employees. It is what are your employees going to demand of you. It's not who your customers are going to be. It's who's going to work for you. Yeah, but if you don't have any customers, you don't have a business. I mean, customer boycotts. If you don't have any employees, if you don't have any employees, you don't have a business. And that is what what drove Disney Disney was that their employees demanded that they stand up for for, uh, their rights in in Florida on on the don't say gay legislation that passed the Florida state legislature. That's what drove it. And so it is what, you know, companies historically have been able to not be involved in politics whatsoever. Michael Jordan, who, you know, the greatest basketball player of all time, famously said when he was asked to get involved in a Senate race on behalf of a Democrat, he said, I'm not going to because Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah. And he was able to do that in, in, the, in the 1980s and the 1990s. You can't do that right now your customers aren't going to allow your employees aren't going to allow you to do that and this is going to make life very very difficult for business i want i want to just put one item on the table of discussion that is many republican women um are pro-choice so the idea that this is a partisan issue it doesn't fracture around partisanship in the same way that other issues seem to For example, Casey of the 1992 Supreme Court decision was the Democratic governor of Michigan. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has criticized the logic of Roe v. Wade while wanting legislation that fully fortifies women's right to choose. So uh, if it goes down, and it will go down post-release of this decision to the grassroots, so to speak, I wonder what the effect will be on the electorate as Republican women and Republican men say, well, is this really what I am signed on to, Um, especially when public opinion polls show most Americans understand that access to abortion is a positive medical um, resource. Okay, guys, I got a couple of emails I got I to gotta bang through here quickly, and then maybe we can comment all at the same time. Um, the, the one I'll deal with first is very quick and simple. Uh, where are the women guests? What you're doing is just propagating what is wrong. Come on back, chat. Let's do better. Yes, says Clint. Uh, Clint, I uh, called this the mansplaining extravaganza at the beginning of the show. We did ask a number of women to come on, and they declined for because they couldn't or wouldn't. Uh, but, you know, we do appreciate the effort of our, our producers to get them on. Uh, I've got another one here, Jim H. again. Uh, your discussion of the 13th, 14th, or 15th Amendments should not be a problem of abortion, although we did address the 14th Amendment. I don't know enough about the 13th or 15th to comment, but maybe you guys will after I get through a couple more. Follow the money. The Republicans use abortion to raise money, says David from Brooklyn. Well, we got listeners in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, listen to Frank Schaefer. I don't know who that is. He's been all over the media this week telling his story, whatever his story is. Maybe some of you guys know. And finally, I got a long one here from uh, a regular writer, Bowen. Dear Backchat, 
parts of that leaked U.S. Supreme Court draft opinion impacting Roe v. Wade sound pretty heady, if you ask me. Toward the end of the document, it says that, quote, it's a long one, a law regulating abortion must be sustained if there is a rational basis on which the legislature could have thought that it would preserve legitimate state interests. These are said to include, among others, respect for and preservation of prenatal life at all stages of development, the preservation of the integrity of the medical profession, and the mitigation of fetal pain. Bowen says, taken literally, this would, that would mean that a state legislature is theoretically able to pass legislation forbidding abortion even in the first few months of pregnancy. The draft opinion goes on to approve a piece of Mississippi's legislation prohibiting, other than, a medi- other than in medical emergency or cases of severe fetal abnormality, abortion uh, if the fetus is older than 15 weeks. By, suppo- by supposedly leaving the details of regulations to individual state legislatures, the Supreme Court could facilitate banning abortion at widely different stages of gestation in different states. Democrats' proposals to pass legislation in the Congress through the awkward invocation of its power to regulate interstate commerce could be a better alternative, although this too could be judicially challenged and reversed by a differently constituted Congress. This this is, you know, with this, uh, and that's the end of, of Bowman's lengthy piece, which leads me to ask, uh, there have been indications that either out of the White House or out of the Democrats led by Pelosi in Congress that they will take some kind of action, but are they not going to be blocked by the Senate? Won't pass. Won't pass, yeah. Will not pass. No chance. The, the filibuster means that the Democrats need 60 senators, and they don't have it, so... The election in the fall, the midterm elections, have been recast, and this will impact the midterm elections. Is this good I, for Democrats? Is this is this like a gift to the Democrats? Because it's I mean, bad. Is it bad? It's bad because it won't drive voter turnout. It's going to get down, uh, as the professor said, down to the grassroots level, and it'll be. Uh, quite hand-to-hand combat at the grassroots level. It's not going to motivate people to the polls. It, it motivated people to the polls yeah. for Donald Trump when McConnell said we'll elect conservative justices, and they got what they voted for. I don't. I don't know. If you look on Facebook, uh, everyone's <laughs> oh the oracle ignited. of truth. Well, you've got yeah. you know the Million Woman March. You've got a lot of signs that, like I said, Sandra Day O'Connor, Republican, she signed on to Casey. I wonder what will happen. I do think it will push turnout. Okay. Yeah. The question is, the question is, you have to go state by state, and it's the Senate races that are going to be the ones you want to watch. There's basically nine Senate seats up right now that that are that are toss-ups between, or more or less toss-ups between, you know, Democrats and Republicans. And could this decision motivate, you know, independent women who might have stayed home? To come out and vote for a Democrat, some Republican women who are going to be appalled that the, that the Supreme Court has now taken away the right of a woman who's been raped to get a, a abortion. They are going to, to come out uh, and vote. You are going to get younger people who typically aren't enthused to vote, especially younger women who aren't enthused to vote, especially in midterm elections. They could become enthused to vote. So this could definitely, and they will, could. It could definitely swing a couple of those really close Senate races, like in New Hampshire, like in Nevada, like in Arizona, like in Pennsylvania, and allow the Democrats to keep the Senate, even though, the, in, you know, with, between, with, with inflation and the economy right now, it, would, it should be a very good Republican year. This could make a difference. 
Well, there's a reason we put it on the show. It's because American <laughs> politics has been called the greatest show on earth. We had three great, uh, great guests today. Thank you to Chris Exline, former chairman of Republicans Abroad. Thank you to Kendall Johnson, professor of American Literature School of English at the University of Hong Kong. And thanks to Steve Oaken, the founder and CEO of APAC Advisors in Singapore. Hey, so thank you so much to all our listeners, especially those that called and sent in emails. Uh, thank you to our producer, Ms. Uh, Yuki Tsong, and my man in the sound booth, James. Uh, we want you to make sure you tune in Tuesday for more COVID talk and recharge your battery with back chattery from Jim Gould and Ada Wong. One more email to cover off. Steve P. says, could we get the new American host of Backchat to tone his voice down? Very annoying. And every Friday, I am now having to turn the radio down to 930. I hope he gets a chance to listen to this. Uh, one more email came in under the gun. It was Pat.